0: Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Welcome back to State Lines, a very special edition here across the Illinois Radio Network and in every podcasting space that there is My name is John Spitaro, and I am with Kevin Berger. It's good to be back. I haven't been on this program in quite some time, but we are super excited, Kevin and I are, to get into some of the action from around the NFL and beyond this week. Kevin, how are you doing?
1: Doing good, John. Yeah, it's been uh, been quite a long time since uh, you've joined me on here, so uh, not saying that we don't love Jason, because of course we do, but uh, nice to have a little bit different voice every once in a while.
0: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's come from a pretty humble beginnings here on State Lines. We've started this show a couple years ago to see where it's become, um, you know, a, a, a weekly staple of a lot of people's weekends. It's uh, become uh, really awesome to see. And I'm very excited to be back on here. Not necessarily to give my picks, because I got to be honest with you, even though I haven't been on the show uh, for, you know, the entire season, I, I, I do stay pretty active in the betting space. And for some reason, I am I'm having a hard time buying some winners, which actually sounds like a team that we know very dear and well. And that is the (laughs) Bears, especially when it comes to playing the Green Bay Packers Uh, coming off yet another loss to the Green Bay Packers coming off to yet another loss to a man named Aaron Rodgers. I hadn't heard from him, uh, you know, about him, I should say, until this weekend. I mean, I, I had no idea. Uh, that he was the owner of the Bears and Bears fans, but apparently he made that very clear after he scored a touchdown in Sunday's game. But of course, you know, this is nothing new. I'm I'm just being facetious here. The Bears are, um, you know, really in trouble when it comes to playing the Packers lately. They have to do it one more time this year. Kev, take us through the game. What did you see on Sunday?
1: Um, well, John, it, it was a tale of two halves again with the Bears. The first half, I thought they came out. They looked they looked pretty good, all things considered. I know they weren't, you know, lighting the world on fire with the offense, but they were moving the ball. The Bears defense was keeping the Packers off the scoreboard, relatively speaking. And then came the second half. And John, I think this game specifically has shown the weakness of the bears coaching staff and the fact that they just got flat out out coached after halftime. And in that second half, um, I understand it's Aaron Rodgers and he, and he outplayed the bears, but the, the, there's just no adjustments that were made. The, the, they it didn't look like the bears took any notes at all as to what was working, what wasn't working, what green Bay was trying to do on both sides of the football. And the Packers came out, they made the adjustments they needed to make and they came out and they just flat out beat the bears in the second half point blank period.
0: Yeah. You know, you talked about the coaching staff and uh, like I said, it's no surprise that the bears are losing to the Packers. They've been doing that for quite some time in the, in the recent memory here, but You know, you got to go back to 2018 when the Bears hire Matt Nagy. And, yes, they've had some winning or better seasons or 500 or better seasons since he's been here, some playoff appearances. But what else can be said about the way Matt LaFleur came in and took over the Packers organization when it was pretty rocky uh, after Mike McCarthy left, and then this past offseason with all the doubt and all the uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers and to come out on Soldier Field and just treat it as business as usual – Get things done, move the ball, score some points, and and walk out with another win. It's truly remarkable how easy it looks for the Packers to beat the Bears these days and how just procedural it, it seems at this point. Whenever they come to town, um, it's going to be a tough one for the Bears, but yeah, there's a lot to take away from this game. I've been saying, you know, privately, not obviously on the show, but I've been saying almost all year long that this season to me is just a uh, tryout, uh, which sounds weird for a coach that's been there for three seasons. But is Matt Nagy the right guy to have telling Justin Fields what to do? And I'm not necessarily convinced after. Um, some of these performances that we've seen of him. He looked good against the Lions. He looked good against the Raiders, all things considered. Uh, But then you go back to the game against Cleveland. He didn't necessarily have a bad game against the Packers this past Sunday, but certainly did not play at the upper echelon that's required to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, One bright spot uh, of the game that I I took from this was Khalil Herbert coming in kind of short notice. I mean, who is this guy even? I, I don't think many people expected him to be getting a starting role in any game this season and he performed very well and if there's one thing that Matt Nagy I think has done even dating back to his time in Kansas City it's produced running backs pretty much out of thin air the, the problem is the rest of the position players especially on this Bears offense are just nowhere to be found so yeah there's a lot to pick apart here I mean you cannot expect to win the NFC North or go very far at all in in any sort of a successful season unless you're you're beating your rival, and the Bears have not demonstrated that they can do that. Had a tough week. They did not cover the spread as well. I was on them, um, you know, again, not making my picks public from not being on the show last week, but I was on the Bears. Obviously, that did not pan out. That kind of got away from it, from them at the end. It was a closer game, but uh, they did not cover. I believe I had him at five and a half. So tough week for the Bears, tough week for Bears betters. You're listening to State Lines. I'm John Spitaro alongside Kevin Berger. We're excited to be with you. Kevin, let's look ahead to next week. You know, you can only dwell on a loss for so long. So I think it's time to put that one in the rear view and talk about what the Bears have in front of them. And, you know, no big deal. You just went against an MVP caliber, caliber quarterback. And now you have to go on the road and play the greatest quarterback of all time. How do you think the Bears are going to handle Tom Brady? They did beat him last year, if you recall. How do you think they're going to do down at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay?
1: Well, Jay, John, it's 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 not going to be a pretty game. Let's let's just be honest here. I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. And honestly, I don't even think it's going to be Tom Brady necessarily who's going to beat the who's going to beat this Bears team. I honestly think it's mostly going to be the running game. Um, The Bucs have shown that they are more than capable and more than willing to run the football down a defense's throat until they prove that they can stop it. Um, There's a reason why the spread right now, as we're looking at it right now, John, is at 12 and a half points. The Bears are plus 12 and a half. Obviously, the Vegas does not think they have much of a chance in this game. I don't think they have much of a chance either. Um, So I'm going to be looking for. This I'm going to be looking for this defense to try to make some plays and try to get some turnovers, and I just want to see more consistency and more development from Justin Fields. That is what I'm looking at this game for. I'm not expecting anything very much from the Bears in this football game other than I want to see Justin Fields um, try to take another step forward going up against an elite front seven down in Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen what can happen when you go against a good pass rush. And that that's exactly what the Bears went up against in Cleveland. And that was just a disaster for Justin Fields. It was a disaster for the Bears offense. Truly, I think one of the most underwhelming offensive performances of the last 50 years in the NFL. But uh, by the numbers, this does not look like a good matchup. The Bears come in with the worst passing offense in the league. And the Tampa Bay Bucks come in with the best passing defense in the league. So it's going to be tough for the Bears to really move anywhere in, in this game um, unless they rely very heavily on Damian Williams, unless they re- uh, bake in Khalil Herbert again. Uh, but it, it's going to be tough. I mean, you, you you just have to score points against Tom Brady and you have to get a lead and keep a lead because we've seen that he can score 14, 15, 16, 21 points in a quarter and a half if he needs to, to come back and beat you. So I don't think the Bears have that stopping power in this lineup. I don't think that they have, you know, a, a, a chance to put up uh, three or four touchdowns in the first half and hold on for dear life. It's going to be a bleeder, and I think that although it might be close at times, I really can't see a way that the Bears uh, win this game at all. They have a chance to cover, uh, and and you know if we want to make our picks, I guess I'll go first. I, I do think the Bears have a shot to cover this game only because there's going to be some opportunities. I think late. For you know, some garbage time. I I think that that's the best way to look at it. And anytime you get a double digit spread, especially this one, 12 and a half, a late touchdown with the clock expiring or something after the two minute warning in the fourth quarter after the game's been put away can always mess you up. So I'm going to take the Bears to cover in this one, but uh, realistically, no chance that they win this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of betting on this one, John, I I would recommend that people stay away from this game just because, again, I don't think there's very much in this game at all. But I will side with you and agree that if there's anything to do in this game at all, I would pick the Bears to maybe keep it close in garbage time and cover.
0: Yeah, that seems like the only play, and uh, I guess we'll have to see. The Buccaneers also haven't lost at home this year, which does not bode well for the Bears. You're listening to State Lines. We will be right back as we take a look from around the league. We'll pick some more games in the upcoming week of NFL action. I'm John Spataro here with Kevin Berger. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on State Lines.
2: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family, or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet
3: lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of lifeline service lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable limited to one discount per household at&t services including lifeline are not available in all areas other restrictions apply
0: and now back to state lines with jason gotch and kevin berger Welcome back into State Lines. My name is John Spataro. I'm joined by Kevin Berger. We are missing Jason Gotch this week, who's been with you every week so far in this NFL season. He has the week off. We wish him the best. And in his spot, I think it's time to do my best Jason Gotch impression here and try to pick some winners. Now, these are not my best bets of the week. We will get to those later into the show. But let's go around the league, talk about some games that you're going to be seeing on TV in Illinois this weekend. Uh, And let's start with the early game. Obviously, the Bears are playing a late afternoon game, so you're going to have some free time before the Bears kick off uh, right around 3.30 on Sunday. So let's talk about uh, the game that most of us here in Illinois will be able to see. Kansas City versus Tennessee, an AFC matchup. Uh, maybe a, a matchup that some have predicted to be the AFC championship game, depending on how things have played out. Kansas City looking a little shaky lately, coming in at 3-3, three and 2-4 three, and four against the spread. A lot of things being said about these Chiefs. Are they starting to slip? Are we starting to see the cracks uh, behind Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, who have just looked about as automatic as they've come in the past uh, three seasons now in the NFL? And meanwhile, the Titans coming off a really, really, really wild game against the uh, Buffalo Bills that uh, has been surely talked about enough, including the controversial decision to go for a QB sneak in the red zone late in that one that led to the Bills' demise. So, Kevin, I got to ask you, what what is going to prevail here? Are the Titans just finding ways to win like they did against the Bills, or are the Chiefs just kind of a sleeping giant that hasn't found their stride yet?
1: Well, honestly, John, I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, this is what good teams do as far as Tennessee is concerned. They find a way to win football games. That's what good teams do in any sport. Quite frankly, they always find a way to win and pull out a victory. Um, On the other side, though, John, I don't think this is a proof that there's cracks in Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid. I don't because a good chunk of what's been going on is the Kansas City Chiefs can't take care of the football and quite a few of those interceptions that have been credited to Patrick Mahomes are not his fault. Um, Again, this past weekend, Tyreek Hill again had another pass that he could if he catches this pass, he could have walked into the end zone and instead took his eye off the football, bobbles it, and then it gets picked off and it gets taken the other way. So I don't know exactly what this Kansas City Chiefs team is. I know their defense is not nearly as good as it has been in the past, But in terms of from the better's perspective, I'm looking at Tennessee to win this game. Um, I do like um, outright the money line's not bad at 205. But in terms of the spread itself, I would say Kansas City minus five and a half, I think, looks pretty good, all things considered.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a a bad matchup on paper for the Chiefs. You've got Derrick Henry, who is an absolute bulldozer, probably the best running back in the National Football League, lining up for the Titans. And what I like about Tennessee is that a lot of teams talk about this, but few are actually able to do it. They will ride Henry all game long. I mean, they have no problem handing him the ball 20, 30 times a game, letting him score three times, and just holding on on defense. I mean, they don't really complicate things all that much. And when you look at the Kansas City defense, they're 26th in the league. Uh, in rushing yards allowed. So that does not match up correctly. Another stat that I'm looking at that I think is going to sway me towards the side of the Titans, the Titans hold on to the ball for a lot of the game, and obviously that goes hand-in-hand hand with controlling the running game. They're number one in the league for time spent on the field. So my thought is you really get in trouble when you're playing the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes is able to score on you quickly. And although he doesn't need a lot of time to score, he might not get as many opportunities as he normally would in a game against a team that doesn't control the ball as well as the Titans. So for that reason, I'm going to do what Jason Gotch always says to do, take a home underdog. And that's what the Titans are right now. So if they're getting a couple points, it looks like it's going to be over a field goal, no matter how it ends up. I think I'm going to have to go with Tennessee. They play good at home. They seem to be inspired. I mean, they beat yeah, what some people would consider the best team in the AFC last week in the bills. I don't see why they couldn't do it again. If you do consider the chiefs to be a big contender in the AFC. So give me the Titans of this one, not my best bet. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you never bet against Patrick Mahomes in, in a lot of cases, although he's not had a great record against the spread in his last season and a half. Really. I, I, I just think that the matchup does not bode well for the chiefs in this one. So give me the Titans as the home dog and we'll see what happens. Another game for you, Kevin. This one's kind of interesting. I mean, it certainly looks one-sided on paper. However, uh, I wanna get your thoughts on one of the participants. We're talking about the Washington football team going up to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Washington two and four straight up, one and five against the spread this season. Packers five and one straight up, five and one against the spread. Do the Packers continue the tour that they started last week rolling over the Bears in a subpar offense? With the Washington football team, or does Taylor Heineke, who's quietly having a pretty good year as a as a young quarterback, uh, get the best of Aaron Rodgers on his home turf?
1: Um, well, John, I'll answer the questions in reverse order. I don't think the Washington. I don't think Washington is going to be able to get the best of Aaron Rodgers, especially at Green Bay. Uh, aside from the fact I still despise the organization from them still not picking a new name for the team yet. Excuse me, but with that being said, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He has himself, he has Randall Cobb back, he has Devontae Adams, they're at Lambeau Field. I don't see the Packers having too much difficulty in this game, John. Um, For that reason, again, it's another game where I don't really like that much of anything at all in terms of even the total, but um, I will take the spread in this one. I would say Washington, I'd say they might be able to keep it close again in like garbage time sort of thing. Um, so I would take the Packers minus eight and on the off chance that Washington's able to keep it close.
0: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, the Washington football team just does not have a really good passing game. Uh, Their running game has also been uh, kind of stop and start lately. They're pretty much in the middle of the field in that one, but no one scored less points than the Washington offense this year, which does not bode well going to Lambeau and trying to get the best of uh aaron Rodgers and the rest of the packers up there here you know you, you just look at the season that the the washington football team has had and they've had a pretty tough schedule opened with the clipper uh, with the clippers opened with the chargers uh then went uh, against the giants bills falcons saints and chiefs and now to go to lambeau i mean that's a murderer's row of pretty good quarterback play pretty good skill position play and they've really kind of squandered all those opportunities, lost to Buffalo, lost to New Orleans, lost to Kansas City. So uh, immediate history would suggest that there's no way, absolutely no way that the Washington football team keeps up with the Packers in the way that they like to move the ball down the field. So give me the Packers in this one. It's a lot of points. It's more than a, a touchdown, which you know is always the magic number in football betting. But I'm not going to touch it. Give me the Packers. Not, again, not one of my best bets, but we might be coming back to this game later for something else. I'm going to I'm going to take the Packers on this one and just um, move on and and swallow that as much as I can. Uh, all right, let's go to the nationally televised games, Kevin. This is an interesting one. A kind of a a letdown. It feels like the nationally televised games this year uh, on Sunday and Monday night have been superb every single time. This one not so much. It's between two okay teams, but there's some interesting stories here. Talking about the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. Colts 2 and 4, 4 and 2 against the spread. Niners two and three, one and four against the spread. What is gonna go down in Santa Clara on Sunday, Kevin?
1: Oh boy. Um, well, the, that's actually a really tough game to predict, John. Um, I mean, the the spread, I actually like it being at four and a half. It's still relatively decent. Um, Colts actually have decent odds, uh, decent return on the money line, plus one seventy-five if it manages to hit. But um, I, I would take san francisco in this game only because especially because they're the home dog in this one um especially indianapolis having to go across the country um going out to san francisco um is just gonna be a little bit different but um i would take i'm taking san francisco in this one minus four and a half um because i think i think they're gonna be doing pretty well at home uh trey lance in the action that he has had has not looked great he hasn't looked bad but he hasn't looked great but i think the 49ers be able to do enough run in the football play action passing game and especially with the defense i think they'll be able to um the 49ers i think will be able to take big time advantage of a colts of the colts offense especially with them being down one of the best guards in the game in quentin nelson as he's on ir for the season
0: Yeah, and speaking of IR, I mean, this is really an interesting matchup between these two rosters because the Colts looked much better last week after getting T.Y. Hilton back on the field for the first time this year. And Carson Wentz uh, took advantage of it. I mean, I know you're playing the Texans, but he did have a really nice game, 223 through the air, two touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, and, And then meanwhile, in San Francisco, you would think that they'd be able to just tread water uh, to get uh, George Kittle back, and and even Robbie Gold, their their kicker, who's very familiar here in Chicago, hasn't been in the mix, and I think that's hurt them down the stretch in some games, too. So uh, it's really a, a banged-up game across the board, and, and kind of two teams that maybe had bigger expectations than where they're at right now. I look at it this way. I think that the Colts are on the upswing. Meanwhile, the the, the 49ers are on a downswing, if not uh, about to fall out of relevancy. I mean, this seems like a must-win game. It looks like you're going to be competing with a team uh, in the Arizona Cardinals for the division that might win uh, 13, 14, 15 games. I mean, they look better than anybody. So you're really not able to give up a lot of ground in the division race. And then when it comes to the wild card, I don't think the Niners are you know, the best second place team or the best third place team in the country. So this feels like a must win for the Niners on their home field. And I I think that pressure uh, is going to get to him a little bit. I think the Colts have a really good defense, and I think Carson Wentz has been holding that team back in the games that they've lost, but he seems to be getting more comfortable. Jonathan Taylor's a great running back. T.Y. Hilton, like we mentioned, is back on the field and uh, came in in a big way last week against the Texans. So give me the Colts in this one. I, I think that uh, Mike Shanahan and, and the team on – uh, on Sunday really are going to be pushing hard to get a win at home and, and kind of rebalance their season. But I think Carson Wentz has stepped up a little bit and I think the rest of the pieces are there to see the Colts win uh, pretty easily. I would even consider this game on the money line. I th- I really do feel like the Colts um, are going to perform and, and have a good one uh, on Sunday night football. So, pencil me in for the Colts. You're listening to State Lines here on the Illinois Radio Network and across the internet, wherever podcasts are found. Check us out if you haven't already. I'm John Spataro. We're here with Kevin Berger. I'm filling in for Jason Gotch this weekend. If you are sticking around, we're just picking our uh, favorite games that are not the Bears game in this segment. But when we come back, we will be taking a look at some prop bets that are going on across the nfl we're just about a quarter to a third of the way done with the season so it's a good time to check in on some of these interesting prop bets that we love to talk about you're listening to state lines number one source for gambling information here in the state of illinois we'll be right back we'll be right back on state lines
2: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the internet.
3: Lifeline is a government benefit program, and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment, and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable, limited to one discount per household. AT and T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply.
0: And now back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We are back here on State Lines after. A long segment discussing some of the action going on around the NFL this upcoming weekend. It's time to stretch our legs a little bit, Kevin, and talk about some of the prop bets uh, that you can bet on either for the entire season or the remaining part of the season. Uh, And this can get kind of interesting because there's, you know, week to week, you're kind of analyzing the matchup and you're kind of looking at everything in a vacuum. But when you consider some of these long shot bets and, you know, we're talking long shots in some of these you can really consider a lot of different things. And I know, as uh, my friend Jason Gotch likes to say, when you bet a a futures bet or you bet a season-long bet, you kind of neutralize all the different odds and ends and and ups and downs that you get during the course of an NFL season. If you get a bad break on one game, uh, you make it up in the next, and and everything kind of becomes a little bit more even. But there's a couple that I want to talk to you about uh, and, and get your picks for. Uh, where we think these awards and and some of these prop bets are going to end. So let's start with the obvious one. Everyone likes to talk about this after, you know, six weeks of NFL competition here. uh, There are some odds for the most valuable player. Obviously everyone knows uh, what that means. And uh, I want to give you the top five and and I want your pick out of this top five and then maybe somebody who's not in the top five that you think could make a splash as well. So uh, in order of most likely to least likely, uh, Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray are tied for your favorites for the NFL MVP at plus 450, meaning you bet $100, you win 450 if either of those two become MVP. And Josh Allen is right behind them at plus 500. Tom Brady at plus 800. And then you get a little bit of a gap. Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers all tied at plus 1,200. Out of that group, Kevin, who do you think is the most likely to win MVP this year?
1: Um, Well, John... Uh- I would actually think the most likely person to win if he keeps playing the way he is, I actually think is Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, that I think he's in the perfect situation for him. Cliff Kingsbury has proved himself an, an exceptional play caller, and he plays to his quarterback strengths. There's some plays and some games where Kyler Murray just runs around everybody, and he does, and he calls plays for that. Sometimes he chucks the ball 50 yards down the field to DeAndre Hopkins. That works too. Um, I think he's in a very great situation for him, so I think that's definitely um, a big-time consideration. Plus 450 at this point in the season actually is not all that bad. Um, Also, Lamar Jackson, I think, is looking pretty good at plus 1,200 with how good he has been. Um, Also, John, for my pick right now, I think you could seriously make a case. Another player at plus 1,200, John, is Matthew Stafford. From the L.A. Rams. I mean, he he's doing basically what he always did when he was in Detroit. We're, of course, familiar as Bears fans. We're quite familiar with Matthew Stafford and how he's played over the course of his career. But he has way better weapons on offense. He has a running game. And even more importantly, he has an exceptional defense. So if it's I'm putting money down right now, I would actually take Matt Stafford, who is just outside the top five at number six at plus 1,200 on the return if he manages to pull out the MVP.
0: Yeah, I'm going to play off that in just a second. I want to get back to the first question I asked you. I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Obviously, he's the same odds as Kyle, Kyler Murray. I think the Cowboys are the story of the year so far in the NFL. Uh, it, it it hurts you to say because they're kind of the Yankees of the NFL, and you know they've got this big national presence. They get talked about on ESPN every week, and it, it's really you know hard to not give them credit for turning around what looked like a mediocre offense and, and really just, you know, kind of a a stuck in the mud type of organization when it comes to, you know, winning games and, and being a true Super Bowl contender, they've kind of been hyped up instead of actually producing on the field for some years. And they look just about as good as anybody. I mean, they had a really, really entertaining game and squeaked out a win in new England against the Patriots. And we talked about it in the first segment, good teams find ways to win. And, and that's what I'm seeing the Cowboys doing. I don't think any, you know, national writer or whoever is voting on the MVP would find a way not to vote for Dak Prescott if, for some reason, you know the the Cowboys win the NFC East and then you know have have a pretty decent shot at, at carrying it all the way into the Super Bowl. It just seems like a good fit. I like the odds at p- plus four fifty, and Dak's really playing well, so I'm going to give him uh, my pick of the top five right there. And kind of on the same note that you were striking with uh, Matthew Stafford, I'm going to go with the long shot here, but. I've talked about this before you know, on the show when I've been on in past years. I usually like to make these bets with some sort of narrative backing, and it doesn't always plan out, but I need to see a path forward to how somebody, as a long shot, is going to actually win this award and cash me a ticket. So I'm going to go with the quarterback in Carolina, Sam Darnold. Came over from the Jets, looked to be a pretty mediocre quarterback after his time in New York, uh, but has really, really played well in Carolina and has winning games. With the Panthers, uh, even without uh, Christian McCaffrey at his side, so if somehow, some way, the Panthers continue this this streak and win a division, and you know maybe lock up a one or two seed in the NFC, I think that Sam Darnold would be in the conversation. I mean, turning that team around uh, is is no easy feat, and and elevating the play that he has. Um, It surely would be recognized, I think, if they were to win the division and get close. He's at plus 10,000 right now. So it's certainly a long shot, but certainly a payoff uh, if by some miracle chance Sam Darnold wins the NFL MVP. So pencil me in for that one for a long shot. But realistically, I think Dak Prescott's going to make it work. Uh, moving on to another season-long bet, and this one's a little bit more interesting. There's not necessarily a super clear favorite, uh, but let's talk about the coach of the year for 2021-2022. A uh, couple names bunched atop. To you got Brandon Staley at plus 450. I guess he is the the favorite in this group. Uh, right behind him, Cliff Kingsbury at plus 750. Sean McVay at plus 1,000. Sean McDermott at plus 1,200 and Mike McCarthy, the name that, you know, a lot of people said shouldn't even be on this list cuz he should have been fired after last year at plus 1400. What are you seeing in this group of top 5 contenders for coach of the year?
1: Well, John to me it's to me it's one of two names. It's either going to be Cliff Kingsbury especially if the Cardinals keep playing the way they do or it's Mike McCarthy cuz I mean, John, at this time last year, everybody from local media to national media was laughing at the Cowboys laughing at Mike McCarthy. There were some cases where we didn't even know if Mike McCarthy was going to survive the season, John, let alone through this season. We didn't even know if he was going to survive last season. But Dak being back, they apparently have picked up some of the right players. I mean, they were great on hard knocks this year, especially I love um, Trayvon Diggs as their cornerback over there. If if the Cowboys keep up this pace, John, it has to go to Mike McCarthy. I, I don't see any way... That it could go to anybody else and especially if you're looking to place a bet right now mike mccarthy at plus 1400 i don't think you're gonna be able to get much better odds than that like realistically yeah, for someone to win
0: yeah i didn't mean to interrupt you but there are some interesting odds on this sheet i mean there, there's really uh some undervalued picks on here like i said cliff kingsbury at plus 750 feels way way high for a team that's undefeated uh, for a team that's clicking on all cylinders and a team that might produce an NFL MVP like we just talked about in in Kyler Murray. I, I, I really think that that's a good value if you're looking for a pretty safe pick. I agree with 100% what you said about Mike McCarthy. You know, I got to go back to what I was saying about Sam Darnold. Uh, Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers, plus 2,500. That's, you know, even better value. And if you believe they can win a division, and and I think he would be credited with turning that team around. Obviously, it's going to be tough chasing down the Bucks, but it, crazier things have happened, right? And if that team keeps it up, I could see him being a coach of the year contender as well. For those wondering, if you're looking to waste some money this weekend, uh, Matt Nagy is at plus 6,500 uh, to win coach of the year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. He does have one in his trophy case. He won one, I, I believe, in his first season. Uh, but yeah, absolutely not. Uh, do I see any way where uh, the Bears are producing an MVP candidate or a coach of the year candidate this year? Um, so we might as well not even. Uh, talk too much about that. Um, one more season-long bet here for you, Kevin. Kind of, kind of based on the uh, the player futures, you know, or, or individual players. Um, let's talk about Rookie of the Year. There's a couple interesting options on here. Uh, Let's start with the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Right now, you've got uh, two quarterbacks on top uh, and a couple running backs. Jamar Chase at plus 300, Mac Jones at plus 450, Trevor Lawrence, who was the odds-on favorite all offseason long, so sorry if you've lost some value on that pick. Trevor Lawrence is at plus 750. Najee Harris is at plus 800. And the local kid, Justin Fields, at plus 8.50 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. What are your thoughts on this
1: race? Well, uh, John, I, I, we could go back and listen to the tape. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year anyway. And I think it started to show so far this year just because his team is just laughably bad. But um, of the people that, we, that you just talked about, Jamar Chase, I think, has really great value very safe bet. He is one of only two players now in NFL history receivers to score 5 touchdowns in his first 5 games. The only other the only other receiver that's done that is Randy Moss. Um so plus 300 even being the front runner that actually isn't too bad for a more conservative pick. And in all honesty, I would look at Justin Fields plus 850 especially if he does continue to develop little by little over the course of the rest of the season. Um I think that could be a good pick. The other one I'm looking at that's more of an outside pick and who I actually picked to win offensive rookie of the year to start the season, John is the tight end from Florida who is on Atlanta Kyle Pitts. Right now he's at plus 2500. They've been they've started to get him more involved in their offense. And if you don't know who Kyle Pitts is yet, I guarantee you by not the end of this season, but definitely by the end of next season, you're going to know who Kyle Pitts is because this guy is an absolute freak of nature and a force at the tight end position.
0: Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, tracking for this specific prop bet. I mean, if you go back to, like I said, the offseason, really right after the draft, you probably would have gotten uh, a minus odds on Trevor Lawrence to win the rookie of the year just because it seemed like he was going to be such a perfect fit. The situation in Jacksonville has not turned out to be incredibly successful up to this point. Urban Meyer um, really getting a lot of heat for yeah, a lot of things on and off the field down in jacksonville but specifically trevor lawrence has looked pretty pedestrian in his time so far as the Jaguars quarterback i would imagine that if you got a bet in on mac jones to be the offensive rookie of the year maybe after the draft or you know sometime in in the middle of the summer you'd be looking really good right now because there's no chance he was as low as plus 450 um you know and and despite not really blowing the doors off in new england he's just kind of being you know, the best of the young uh, rookie QB crop. Justin Fields has a chance to put up enough numbers, I think, late in the season, um, you know, provided that he can break through the shackles of Matt Nagy's offense and actually get to put some points on the board. But uh, yeah, this has been a really interesting race. I'm I'm assuming that Jamar Chase, too, uh, would have been maybe close to five digits uh, in terms of a a dog, uh, an underdog to win this award. So if you have him, uh, waiting on a ticket anywhere congratulations to that because he's made a long way down here but if I had to pick anybody on this list I think I'm going to go with Mac Jones I, I think that you know he's he's the guy in New England and he's you know getting the chance to to make the most happen he's in, in the most control of his own destiny uh, Bill Belichick is you know I, I think still struggling to get an offense and rhythm that is not being led by Tom Brady uh, but you know Chase needs the ball thrown to him Jamar Chase that is Uh, Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a lot of things in Jacksonville, like most players are that play down there. Najee Harris is interesting, but I don't think the Steelers are necessarily headed to the playoffs, which would make that tough. And Justin Fields, unfortunately, plays for Matt Nagy. So I have to have to go with what I think is the most likely here. Mac Jones is going to keep up his uh, level of play throughout the entire season where some of these other guys might struggle. So give me Mac Jones plus 450. Not crazy about that one, but I'll take it anyway. You're listening to State Lines. My name is John Spataro. I'm with Kevin Berger. I'm filling in for Jason Gotch this weekend. When we come back, it is time for the best bet segment of the week. I'm doing something special for you. So stay tuned. You're going to really want to hear uh, how I structure my three best bets of this weekend. It's like nothing you've heard before unless you've listened to the show, because I think I've done this a couple times in the past few seasons. But it will be the first time this year. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on State Lines. You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back.
2: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family, or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet.
3: Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply.
0: You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Back again on State Lines for our final segment of the day. We're going to be talking about our best bets of the weekend. These are the three games that Kevin and I have identified as, you know, the the best plays of the weekend, if you will, in our opinion. Obviously, a lot can change, and obviously a lot does change throughout the course of an NFL season, but we try to give you the best picks that we possibly can here on State Lines with John Spataro, myself, and Kevin Berger and we're filling in for Jason Gotch this weekend. So, Kevin, let's start with talking about last week. You picked three games last week, as you do every week here on State Lines. How did you do? How'd you fare? What was your record last week against the spread?
1: Well, well, John, I went 1-2 and two last week. Um, so first things first, for whatever reason, I trusted Detroit to actually win. I don't know. I just had a good feeling about them. I picked them plus 155 on the money line last week. Uh, let's say that didn't work out also the other game that i lost was i picked the bears to win last week against the packers which again i should have known better considering it's aaron Rodgers. um they were plus five minus 105 um on the spread so i did not um pick so the bears did not cover so i did not get that game right the one game i did get right though was one where jason and i actually disagreed on he thought that the Browns were going to able were going to be able to knock off Arizona. They were plus three, plus one hundred on the spread. I picked Arizona to win that game um, on the spread. I picked them on the plus three, so I actually did hit on that one. So I went a uh, pedestrian one and two last week.
0: Yeah, I I did as well, you know, in advance of my appearance this weekend, I wanted to get some some picks in the books. So here's what I picked. You didn't hear me pick them, but it didn't help me anyway. I went one and two as well, starting with the two noon games, one of which being the Bears. Like I said, I, I was convinced that Somehow, some way, the Bears were going to find a way to lose that game by less than five and a half points. I didn't have a lot of hope in them winning, but thought it'd be a field goal game. That just seems to be the types of games that uh, the, the Packers had been playing up until last week. Uh, and obviously, that one does not hit. It goes 24 14. I had the Bears plus five and a half. So that was a loser. And then also, uh, this one was a little bit more of a stretch. And, and I, I'm, you know, in hindsight, I'm not sure exactly what I was thinking, but the Washington football team plus six and a half had them against the Chiefs. Another home dog, you know, in honor of Jason Gotch, he always says you never pass up the opportunity to bet on a home dog in the NFL. And that game was close, but, you know, uh, it it, it happened towards the end of the game where Patrick Mahomes scored quick, scored often, and that one got out of hand. 31-13 was the final. Uh, in DC for that one, so not a big fan of those two picks, but did manage to recoup a little bit of the losses in the late afternoon game. I was on the Cowboys plus three and a half against uh, the Patriots. Just a great game that went into overtime, uh, and you know ended in what I, I I've been wanting to point out for a couple weeks now. I meant to send you guys a send you guys a note on this one. Uh, you know another situation where if you haven't realized this, and and it, I realized it a couple weeks ago because this caught me a bet. Cost me a bet. When a team goes into overtime, a game goes into overtime, and the team who wins scores a touchdown, they do not kick the extra point meaning that even if you win by a touchdown in overtime, you only win by six points and not the customary seven points. That did not come back to bite me in this game as I had the Cowboys favored by minus three and a half. So they easily covered. But something to remember that happened to me, I believe, in in a Ravens game uh, earlier this year. I believe it was the Ravens and the Colts. Uh, They won by uh, six points. I had them at six and a half and uh, if they would have just kicked the extra point in overtime, I would have cashed, but unfortunately it was a loser. So be on the lookout for overtime games because if you got them anything more than 6.5 points, uh, you're, you're pretty much out of luck. You're not going to be able to win your bet once the game goes into overtime. So, uh, yeah, one and two for me. I've, I've had an up and down year, although I haven't been picking every week live with you on here. Uh, Kevin, I, I'm, I'm looking for some winners this weekend, so let's jump right into it. Give me your first best bet game of the weekend.
1: So my first best bet of the weekend, John, is going to be um, – oh, Jesus, I just had it. Ah, yes, right. Um, so that is going to be one of the noon kickoffs on Sunday. I am looking at the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson has looked absolutely fantastic this season as has Joe burrow. Actually, he actually has looked pretty good. I know he's actually up there as one of the front runners to win comeback player of the year this year. Um, and he definitely deserves it. So, you know what, John, I am going to take, um, the, st- The Baltimore Ravens minus six and a half in this football game, because I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the rest of the crew are going to be able to do enough to keep this game close. Um, So I will take Baltimore minus six and a half, minus one ten on the spread.
0: An interesting pick by Kevin, for sure, taking the Ravens. I like that one and an interesting piece for Bears fans out there. The Bears beat the, the Bengals pretty handedly at Soldier Field earlier this year. I'm starting to wonder if that game is going to look like the Bears' victory over the uh, Buccaneers did last year, which is just an outlier where they really handled a good team. I mean, with uh, with Joe Burrow playing the way that he he is, they're 4-2. and two, uh, They have a chance to compete in that division, and, and it's just an interesting piece. I think at the time, people thought the Bengals were a struggling team. Uh, however, the Bears handled them easy uh, at Soldier Field. And uh, if they can get a win against Baltimore this weekend, that would certainly look more interesting um, uh, as for the Bears' uh, resume this season. Uh, All right, my first game of the week is going to be uh, an under, and this one's between the New England Patriots uh, and the New York Jets. Um, the under is currently sitting around 43 points, 43 and a half in some places. So depending on where you're looking, you're going to find uh, in the low 40s, which seems like uh, not a lot of points. But for this one, I, I think that it comes down to the Jets' defense. I think the Jets have been playing pretty well this year, uh, despite not having a, a ton to show for it. Um, they really don't allow you know, a lot of, of big plays uh, when it comes to th- their defense. They like to contain the ball. Um, usually their games end up, you know, somewhere in the, uh, in the two to three touchdown range in terms of, you know, points allowed, uh, for the defense. I I think this game is just destined to go under the last few games that they've played. You know, they've had 45 and a half, 44 totals, 41 and a half. So they've all been pretty low and they've managed to go under, uh, in the last four of them, uh, excuse me, three of the last four of them. So give me the jets and the Patriots. To go under, uh, I just like the way that, that this game kind of sets up to be a little bit of a stinker. Um, you know, you're never rooting for a bad game necessarily, but I'm certainly rooting for not a lot of points to be scored. Uh, this They've already played each other this season, uh, have the, the Patriots and the Jets, and that game uh, ended in 31 points, uh, 25 to 6 victory from the Patriots. So I think we're going to see something similar. And I think that the Jets and New England is going to go under 43 and a half. That's my first best bet of the weekend. Kevin, what's your number 2?
1: So, number 2 best bet of the weekend. John is actually looking for me. Um I am looking at the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. Um spread is set at 3, you know, traditional for your average run of the mill NFL game. Um I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers -3 minus -110 minus as you talked about earlier Sam Darnold has looked very very good up to this point in the season. Um, I think the Panthers will be able to go into the Meadowlands and be able to take this game from the Giants. They're not very good. All they really have going for themselves is Saquon Barkley. Their defense is not good. And I don't think Daniel – I think Daniel Jones's days as an NFL starter are going to be numbered, John. So let me take um, Sam Darnold and the boys minus three.
0: Interesting pick as well. I'm certainly – my opinions on the Panthers are not necessarily hidden. After I talked about them in the last segment, I think they're a good team. And I think that they, you know, again, find ways to win games. And that spread is within reason to find them to win a a close game or a score late. So I like that pick as well. I'm not going to take it as one of my best bets, uh, but certainly like it for you, Kevin. Uh, My second pick of the weekend is also going to be an under. And this one is the Washington football team and the Green Bay Packers. We also, we already talked about this game. I don't think there's a chance that the Washington football team remains competitive in this game. I don't really think there's a chance that, uh, you know, the money line or the spread is, is too much of a play. But I do think the under has a couple things going for it. Uh, Green Bay's defense is is just nasty. Uh, you know, fourth in the league in, in total passing yards allowed. That goes up against, uh, you know, one of the worst defenses in uh, the league in, in the Washington football team, but also one of the worst passing offenses, 24th in the league in passing yards. So they're not going to be moving the ball a ton, I believe, on in Lambeau. Uh, come Sunday I think it's going to be a a, a one-sided affair and when you usually see those types of games where you know you got a heavy favorite like the Packers going up against a lesser competition uh, you can maybe hit the under or you can hit the the total uh, with just one team's points and and with 50 49 you know 49 and a half is right about where I believe the the line uh, on the total is going to land for this one that's too many points I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to put up 40 I don't think, you know, there's going to be a, a shot really for the Washington football team to contend in this game, which would require them to put up uh, somewhere of, you know, 20 or 30 points. Don't think that's going to happen. Think think uh, Rodgers is going to take care of business and it's going to be a, a 28 to three or a um, you know, maybe a, a 28-14 type game, but not not above 50 where it's it's gonna need to be to hit the over. So give me the under. That's two straight unders uh in, in this game between the Washington football team and the Green Bay Packers. Kevin, what's your third?
1: Um, so John, I'm actually looking at the Monday night game um with the New Orleans Saints having to travel up to Seattle to take on the Russell Wilson lists. Um, Seattle Seahawks I'm actually kind of surprised as to how this game has worked itself out with the Seahawks actually given plus 185 on the money line at home which is practically unheard of at um, in today's NFL but I do understand they are without Russell Wilson Um, I am looking at the under in this game John I'm taking a copy out of your playbook here the Saints offense I mean it is what it is I mean we know how good Alvin Kamara is We know how good Michael Thomas is, but, I mean, again, we don't know what Jameis Winston is going to show up. And on top of that, the Seahawks' offense without Russell Wilson has looked almost borderline atrocious at times. So let me take the under on this one. Total is set at 43, so I'll take the under minus 105.
0: Taking the under is uh, is a popular move because I'm about to do it for the third time in this <laughs> best bet segment, and I told you I had something special for you. I'm going with three straight unders this week. I did this a couple times last week, and you got to think. I, I don't know the exact number, but on any given NFL Sunday, I think you find you know between uh, two thirds and and you know half of the games usually go one way or another. So if you're if you're trying to bet the totals, you know half of the games or you know two thirds of the games are usually going to go over. Um, or under, you know, meaning that they're they're gonna be they're gonna be the same result. They're all gonna be under, they're all gonna be over. so uh, on on this one, i'm I'm picking a game that, uh, unlike what I described in in my previous pick between the Packers and the Washington football team, this is two bad teams that I think are gonna take, Uh, a a while to score some points keep it close uh, but ultimately not get over the total and I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins welcoming the Atlanta Falcons to Miami to play a game that uh, I really wouldn't I really wouldn't recommend watching Uh, but if you do have a betting interest I I think there's an opportunity for you to make some money on the under here Uh, total currently sitting at 47 and a half I think it's going to be pretty close to that number I think it's going to be, you know, a 21-21 game, uh, you know, that ends with a field goal win or something like that. So you might get a little nervous getting close to that 40, uh, 45, 46, wherever it finishes number. But both of these offenses are just really not kicked into high gear yet. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa is going to be starting – Uh, again, for the Dolphins, which just doesn't bode well for for that offense. He just hasn't really found a way to score a bunch of points in the NFL yet. Matt Ryan not playing his best season. I mean, I think his career is kind of coming – um somewhat to an end he could he could play for you know quite some time um but the running game in Atlanta hasn't really caught on either with Cordero Patterson and what they're trying to do there and and Miami just up and down the offensive side of the ball is atrocious so i think this is going to be a slog i i don't really expect that this game's going to be too popular you know in sports bars around the country this weekend but i do see an opportunity to make some money on the under in Atlanta and Miami So to recap, I'm under in New York and New England, Washington and Green Bay and Atlanta and Miami. So that'll do it for us here on State Lines. There's six picks for you. Hope they're all six winners. Jason Gotch will be back next week to talk to you all about the number one source for gambling information here in Illinois. It's State Lines. I'm John Spitaro alongside Kevin Berger. We will see you next week, everybody. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.